0: Welcome to the Public Sector Marketing Show, a podcast for government and public sector marketing professionals who want to level up their digital marketing and social media knowledge, skills and strategic thinking. And now, welcome your host, Joanne Sweeney.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. One of the tasks that I love to do as a digital marketer is undertaking social media and digital marketing audits. It gives me an opportunity to lift up the bonnet of your digital marketing and see what's working, what's not working, and why. But one of the main concerns I get as part of the audit process is that competitor or comparative analysis. Anxiety builds within public sector marketing pros, and that's why in this episode, I want to talk about why comparison kills creativity when it comes to social media and digital marketing so coming up in the show what does a competitor analysis tell you why setting your own goals will self- serve you better for growth how to communicate your own success to your line manager steps to complete to undertake a social media audit and i speak to jason howley of fellow media about why the data matters and why you should only be focusing on your own In today's column, I'm going to make the bold statement why comparison kills creativity in social media marketing. In my experience, it kills it because you're focused so much on what another public sector agency is doing, you're feeling underwhelmed about your performance, but in actual fact, you're probably not comparing like with like. You've got to ask yourself, how many people are on their comms and digital marketing team? What skills and training have they received over the past year? Are they leaning into the new features of the social networks that you just haven't had a chance to get to yet? Are they investing in ad budget? Are they outsourcing some of their creative content? So it's not possible to look at the metrics on the outside and compare with what's really happening inside another organisation. So the next time that your line manager says, hey, look at public sector agency X, why aren't we getting the same followers or uh, or reach as them, then you can have this conversation. So what I want you to do is I want to encourage you to get creative within your own social media team. Think more deeply about your audience. Think about those questions that they're sending you on DMs, on Twitter, or via email or live chat. Dive into that, and that will inspire creativity for you, and in turn, have a knock-on effect on your performance. It's almost like the domino effect. Too often people start looking at followers and subscribers and like counts, but they don't really look at what matters when it comes to social. And that's great content that resonates with a particular target audience. And if you're giving your audience that, then the rest of the numbers will flow. So when it comes to creativity in social media, Don't use the burden of comparison as your starting point. It's healthy to know what our industry averages or benchmarks, and I can give you all that information because I've done four public sector studies on social media and performance benchmarks. But for now, I want you to think about the creative part of social media, and let's leave the comparison to the commentators.
0: Level up your digital skills by taking our diploma in digital marketing, plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code
1: DIGITALMARKETING20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com
1: In today's consulting segment, I'm actually going to take you behind a social media audit. So I'm going to undertake an audit and you can come with me and watch. And I'll explain to you in great detail what you're trying to find out what you will be looking for, and how you can use that information. In this video, I'm going to share with you how you conduct a social media audit. We're at the early stages of the year, and you should be thinking about your social media strategy. But you can't truly undertake a social media strategy until you've completed your social media audit. So what's involved? Well, the first thing that you need to do is you need to undertake a brand and a governance audit of all your social networks. So that means, is your brand seamless and consistent right across all social networks? Looking at profile photos, header and banner photos, and also looking at the imagery. And perhaps you're going to update your visual brands for this year. Secondly, you need to look at a best practice checklist and understanding If you are adhering to best practice across each social network, because remember, they change all the time. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, they're always introducing new platform updates. So to make sure that you are adhering to those. Now let's move to governance. Who has access to your social networks? Do staff or volunteers who no longer work in the organization have access? You need to make sure they're removed. Do you have a policy in place, a social media use policy for staff, but also a social media policy in terms of how social media managers access those accounts? Do you have at least two administrators on your Facebook page? Make sure you're not using dormant or fake accounts profiles to access Facebook pages. So the social media audit from the branding and the government's point of view need to be undertaken first. Then you undertake a performance audit. So the performance audit assesses where you are now in terms of social media metrics. It's not just all about followers and fans and subscribers. It's more than that. It's about your engagement rate. Is your engagement rate on par with public sector and government? Take a look at my 2020 social media report for government and public sector. Also in terms of social media performance metrics, what about weekly growth? Is your account growing week on week? Engagement rate and weekly growth for me are the top two social media metrics that tell you if your accounts are successful or not. Other metrics that you'll want to look at in your performance audit are the frequency of the publication of posts. So how many posts are you publishing in any given day? How many does that average out over a 28-day period? Another thing that you'll want to look at is top performing content and worst performing content. So really understanding the types of content that is resonating with your audience. And then finally, you will want to have a look at post type. So what is the percentage breakdown of the types of posts that you are creating? Web links, photos, carousels, videos, live streams, stories. Look at content format and content type and really understand how they are performing. And maybe you need to increase the number of videos that you're producing. Maybe you need to increase stories and live streams in 2021 Undertaking an audit gives you a picture of where you are. And this is the starting point for the 12 or the 18-month period ahead. A final piece of the audit that you might want to do is you might want to do a competitor analysis. Now, obviously, government and public sector agencies aren't in the business of competing with other agencies in your sector. But what you want to do is you want to see what are the performance metrics of the best performing agencies in your sector so for example are you in health are you in education are you in policing and defense are you in citizens rights Um, are you in local government are you in national government have a look at other agencies in your own country but also in other jurisdictions and do a comparison and that will then help you understand what goals and key performance metrics to set for the year ahead. A one-stop shop, digital marketing and social media resource. Join our Membership Academy for 12 months. Access a library of how-to videos, template strategies and organisational policies. Monthly live coaching. Attend webinars with subject matter experts. Meet and network with Public Sector Pros from across the world. Use the code MEMBERSHIP20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com.
1: In today's show, I interview Jason Howley of Fellow Media, and we talk about that comparison anxiety when it comes to social media. Jason, like me, loves diving into the data, and we speak at length about data analytics when it comes to social and what's working and what's not. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this very engaging conversation. Jason, it's so good to have you on the show because ordinarily we're talking to each other, yes, on camera, but about my work or about client work. So it's great to have you here.
2: It is great to be here. And I think it's great to be here in a, in a section where we're not just worried about how is the campaigns performing? We're now talking about the macro level, which is all about, we'll say, um, my experience, your experience. What can we do to better everyone else in terms of your, your listeners? That kind of thing. And I'm really excited to kind of give you a small bit of insights from, from our side. Um, we've learned an awful lot over the last year, even from when me and you first started working with each other. 18 19 months ago nearly at this stage we've learned a considerable amount is an awful lot that's happened since then that too, that time too so um yeah really looking forward to today and i think you'll get a lot of stuff out of today even from our side from a public sector's perspective and as well as a private sector and i think that's probably a big thing because us marketers have to be so dynamic now um it can't be just about one little segment now do you know and i think social media digital marketing has, has proved that for us um so really really interesting i really look forward to uh to uh, giving all the insights as much as I can.
1: So first of all, why should we actually care about digital data? Why should we make it a priority?
2: Yeah, I think to be honest, the biggest thing that I look at is the five pillars on our site. As to, for us, we started the company, we were looking at how do we actually branch data into actually digital marketing results? And that's not just social media. Um, that's looking at your Google Ads campaign. That's looking at your Google My Business perspective as well on top of that, because everything revolves around If someone finds you at the top of the funnel, so let's just say someone sees you, they see a radio, they listen to a radio ad, they see you on a social media platform, then they will go and follow you or on Instagram, on LinkedIn, then they may even Google you and they might actually find to see, have you got good reviews, what's your website like? And that has to all intertwine with each other. So why data, why digital data is so important to us? Five pillars that I look at is it's actually about improving your services. So like we will actually look at from an analytical perspective we would go and look at, okay, so if they're going onto your page, um, how long are they spending on that page? Are they only spending 10 seconds? Well, then there's something not right there, if that's the case. That's my first piece of data point that I'm like, okay, the bounce rate is too high. We're not giving them something that they are looking for on specific pages. That's my first pillar. Second pillar then is, it may be potentially an opportunity for us to look at new profit margins. So from a perspective of if someone is going onto your website or onto your social platform and you're, you're giving them an offer but they're not taking up on it, again, that's your data point. So we're looking at that perspective as well. So the first one would have been looking at how can we improve our services both on a digital perspective. Our second one would be looking at how can we generate more profit um, or more results, perspectively, on, on that perspective. Better understanding our customers is probably the main one that I'd be looking at. So what I'm looking at is... Like that, from a bounce rate perspective, from people who are engaged with our ads, why are they engaged with our ads? What content are we throwing out at them? Is it live performing better? Is it videos performing better? Is it TikTok performing better? Even this week, we've just run an ad since yesterday, they've had double the actual results as Instagram Reels, Instagram Stories. So that's the data we're, we're building on our site as to why is that working? Is it the algorithm? Is it the platform itself? Is it the demographic that we're targeting is just on that audience? So they're the kind of big things. The the second last one then is the financial side, as in you don't want to run into a financial disaster. Using data can actually give you an idea as to what's working and what's not working and where you're not putting money and where it's not generating anything in the return. That's where you can actually turn off those ads. That's probably one of the main ones that you're looking at, especially because if you're a tight budget or if your agency doesn't allocate. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from your summit, Joanne, was the least amount of budget goes towards social media. Do you know? And I'm like... But that's where people will make their decisions is on social media. If they want to sign up to something, if they want to actually buy something, that's where they're going to do it. Yes, I can understand the brand awareness perspective on, on other outlets. But I'm just like, I just don't understand that. point. Well, that's where for us, we need to make sure that if we're spending money, there is a return on that perspective. Uh, the last one then is the trends. Probably the biggest one uh, for me is like that now, we've run a campaign just since yesterday, we've noticed that TikTok is performing better. So we know that we have to put more actual budget into TikTok because it's actually providing more return on investment on that perspective. So why do we actually care about digital data? That's exactly why I care about digital data, is my five pillars really more so.
1: So you've made the case really well and straight off with great value. So in your experience, right, marketing pros, even those that are working in, in the business of digital marketing, aren't going into the data. Now, I love the data because I always say to myself, Joanne, all of the answers that you have, all of the frustrations that you have can be answered in the data. But why, in your experience, are some marketing professionals not going into the data?
2: I do feel it's down to two things. Number one is um, being overwhelmed. Um, I think we can get lost completely in data. I think, to be honest, when I first looked at Google Analytics, I was like, what does segment mean? What does filter mean? All I knew was, let's go to the overview of, we'll say, acquisition. Let's change, our, let's change our date range and let's build a small bit. But that is a starting point. I think the second part of that question is, is that we don't have enough time to do so. And what we've le- what we are learning now is that all of our time has been literally taken up by going to each platform that we may be looking at on social media, social media perspective. And I think one thing I'm going to reiterate on our side is that we actually consider Google My Business as a social profile. Uh, And the reason why is because that's where people will go and Google you. And that's the first thing they look at is your reviews. So for us on our side is that why people in marketing professions do not, maybe not go into data and looking at analytics perspective is because of the time constraints that they have with looking after TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, linkedin twitter time is complete and that's only organic never mind our advertising campaigns so that's where you do have to be but like for us for on our side what we're looking at is in the morning between 9 and 11 a.m is just looking at analytics because for us if we're not going to see what's not working and what's working how can we actually guarantee that there's going to be a return on investment later on so in my opinion from the two other marketing agencies that i was previously in That's exactly what I found was we didn't have enough time. And I think as well as people got overwhelmed by the data that was in front of them. And I think, yes, from a user interface, user experience perspective, I don't think it helps the novice with say marketer or even the professional marketer where there's so much information in front of them, how do they actually make that into a tangible result? That's where exactly where I feel anyway, personally, why people actually don't go into data where for me, I'm like, I'm data-driven. I'm making decisions on data. I'm not making decisions on my gut or whatever the case may be. I'm looking at results. And if I'm not seeing them, it's being pulled away. And that's kind of where I feel really a lot of people don't go into is the overwhelm overwhelm side as well as the actual time constraint side.
1: So we've just recently completed a, a review of the summit in terms of all aspects, but then you went into the deep dive of the the ad analytics so that was an individual campaign the public sector digital marketing summit was a specific campaign and right throughout that campaign as you said you were looking at the analytics in order to make decisions to get better results from the campaigns can you maybe just talk a little bit about that when you're in campaign mode when you have a um, a spend and when you have a specific outcome that you're promoting how the data helps you inform the trajectory of that campaign.
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that we cannot forget about your marketing funnel. And I think for, for marketing campaigns that we're always looking at, I'm always looking at pay. If I have someone at the awareness stage, how do I get them down to the consideration stage and then the conversion stage? If there's a small break in that funnel, so like from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel, there's a small break. Let's just say we're not retargeting in that instance. That means that we're not going to get conversions. So, if you ever look back on some of those campaigns that we had done, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was it 114 campaigns that was done over that time frame for the public sector sector marketing? Summers. Why? Because we had to find out what was working, what was not working. And number two to that, from our side, how do we get the video viewers of 25 percent in the awareness stage to actual people who are actually sending in? their details to actually sign up to the summit or how do we get people to at least i think probably one of the biggest factors that we noticed in that report was that people were actually clicking the attendees button on the event that was where from our strategy i'm not going to let go of our strategy in terms of what we were doing or anything like that but that's where we that's where our lead generation was we did run a lead generation campaign we had a full built automation sequence after that did it work it's debatable really more so on that perspective. But for our side is that we need to make sure that if it didn't work, we weren't spending the money and we were putting money more, more money elsewhere. So from our side, what I think probably the biggest thing is that when you're looking at data and how you're looking at uh, setting up campaigns, including and excluding audiences is so vital and we want to be split testing. And I'm not just on about two different ad sets, I'm on about three to four different ad sets. So if you're targeting a cold interest behavior targeting as your first ad set, then you're in the second ad set, then you're looking at a warm audience, but you're excluding your audiences in there. So then for the cold interest behavioural targeting, you're excluding your warm audience. So you know that that ad set specifically is only going to be a cold interest behavioural demographic only seeing that ad. Then we can see the results after seven to two hours. In terms of the second ad set, then you're looking at a warm audience. That warm audience then is excluding any lookalike audiences in that demographic. So you know that warm audience ad set, it's just specifically for people who've engaged you previously before, who've been on your website previously before using uh, pixels, um, watched your videos previously before, so you know how that ad is performed. That one is probably going to be more expensive, but you're not necessarily worried about that because they're the people who actually are your customer loyal base, we'll say. They are your advocates, really more so for your brand. The last one then is your lookalike. So you're using data and data points to generate people who are exactly like your, would we'll say, warm audience, but have never heard of you previously before. That's the key one that you want to make sure that everything else is excluded on that because that's where you're generating your customer acquisition then after that. That's how on an ABC split test, if you want to call it that, that's how we would actually set up ads on a daily basis for a lot of people. And it's just about how we turn on and turn off ads as they actually start performing or where they're not performing. I think that's the vital thing that people don't realize. People will just go out and do, oh, this is where we think our demographic is. We're going to go and target those people, fine. But then there's also 33% of your demographic, I've never heard of you previously before, but have the same interest to your warm audience. They're your lookalike, and they're the guys that you're forgetting about. And if we can get 10% of those, that's 10% more than what you would get from your cold interest behavioral targeting over the first sight. And I think, to be honest, when you're actually setting up campaigns, and if you're a marketing professional right now, listen to this going, okay, how do I actually go about doing that? Well, then the first thing that I would say to you is set up your campaign, set it up for traffic, landing page views, or if you're setting up conversions, have a conversion uh, value to each We'll say people who are set, set, clicking them will say a submit or a buy now button whatever the case maybe is you have three different ad sets then one is your cold interest behavior or your your keyword targeting which we found very beneficial for us in terms of twitter um then we have your warm audience who's excluding your look-alike audience then the last ad set then will be your lookalike excluding your warm audience so you have three different ad sets targeting three different types of people what are not intertwined them ads will never actually cross the same people then you can see your results after 72 hours see which one is performing better uh, I think that's probably one of the main things that you would be looking at. Um, you could, if your budget was big enough, you could split it up to video viewers, warm audience, engagement, warm audience. You could have, there was one time, this time two years ago, coming up to Black Friday, we had 30 different assets for one campaign. And managing that was a bit, bit of a big deal, to be honest, because you're looking at literally the finest of metrics. That's one key thing that I would say to you is if you do the budget, split up those warm audiences. If you have the budget, split up the lookalike audiences generate generate data for yourself just get a knowledge of your results your cost per result your reach your impressions how much it has spent if it hasn't spent money over the last 24 hours it's not working turn it off look back at your funnel. see is it too defined is it too broad that's the case that you'll be looking at there's a considerable amount of stuff that you can look at in terms of in terms of campaigns but that would be my first thing that i'll be looking at is setting up three different ad sets for each campaign
1: so when it comes to digital marketing and social media data, obviously there's, there's loads that we can look at, but should we be paying more attention to one or the other? I often find that sometimes people do.
2: Yeah, and I think to be honest, it depends on the job position that you have. I, I do feel that in an entry level position that you could be just looking at your social media analytics and your insights. I think the biggest thing, if you are any type of agency in public sector or private sector or your business, what I'd be saying is what is working for your followers um, and look at your actual analytics. I know on Facebook and Instagram do it quite well. I know in terms of Facebook specifically, you can actually go in to see when your people are actually online uh, the most, what they're actually engaging with. That would be the first thing that I would look at in terms of your analytics and how we say insights, is a digital marketing insights or the social media insights? What I would say is that from my perspective, what I'd be looking at is digital marketing insights and including my social media insights in that. And I think for me, from a data perspective, I want to make sure that I can quickly go from one tab to the next tab between social media, between Google Analytics, between Google My Business, because I, I, I genuinely cannot harp enough how much that's so important now to people. Because from, from our side, if you're running a Google Ads campaign, you can actually now target that your profile, Google My Business profile, is going to be ranked number one in that list if someone is searching for a specific keyword that's affiliated with your business. So it, I, what I would say, going back to the question really more so, I would depend on the actual job position um, I do feel what I would say to anyone, even if it's students out here and they want to learn really more. So as about into, into insights into analytics, go onto a Facebook page, go into, and go to insights, go to posts, and then it'll actually tell you when people are online. That's your first bit of data. That's when you know you have to put out posts at that specific time, and not six a.m. in the morning that I see some people doing because they're not online at that time. Then you can go to what are they actually engaging with? That's where you're building your data then. It's that we need to do three times more video because they're engaging more with video. Or if it's graphics, they need to actually do more graphics. That's where you're building that data. And I think once you actually start building that data, your content plan every month should be similar, right? So that you actually have a plan of, okay, we're going to do one competition in a month because it's generating that engagement and brand awareness for us. Now we want to be able to retarget them then with a lead generation campaign or a traffic ad to register to our next webinar. These are the key things that if you actually get the the top of the funnel right first, then you can actually start generating a lot of return on investment then at the bottom of the funnel. I think that's probably one of the main things that I would be looking at from our perspective. But I think even for myself and yourself, what we're looking at is the full spectrum in terms of digital, um, digital marketing insights. I think being able to hop from, Google Google Analytics, to your social media, to Google My Business, to your lead generations. That's the key thing for us to be able to see what's working and what's not working. That's definitely it, really.
1: Yeah. And on that, on organic social, you know, content is king if you don't have an ad budget, which, you know, a lot of public sector marketers are, are limited with their ad budget. So you really have to lean into the metrics from organic social. You mentioned when people are on in terms of insights, what other organic metrics would you be looking for
2: yeah and I think to be honest I, I see these all on LinkedIn and I see them on uh, I read it an awful lot I, I read an awful lot into Reddit in terms of digital marketing and what people are talking about And a lot of people there's a lot of people out there think that they understand the algorithm and to be honest no one understands the algorithm and I'm being brutally honest with you I've worked in a lot of posts and a lot of campaigns over the last couple of years and to be honest no one understands how it's engineered we don't understand it. I think what we can do is learn about your actual profile of each one of your followers, right? And what they're engaging with. We always find that, and it's something on our profile, right? I'm always putting up, nearly on a daily basis, some would say insights into why you should have an email list. And I give, we'll say, 150, 200 words of of a caption just to kind of give a small bit of context as why I feel you should have an email list. However, I get five times the engagement when my picture is on the front of that graphic only and why because people when they think of our company they think of me and they think about the team and they want to see about what we're doing and everything like that from you that's ex- that's your first data point like i'm always harping on to people going you need to get in front of the camera and i'm like i don't know do i want to get in front of the camera but i can understand that but i feel from from our side when we're looking at organic content, we need to see what's working for us. And I think if anyone was to turn around to me and say, well, what can we do with a monthly perspective? Well, I think, be brutally honest with you, let's add value to our content, right? So we used to have that rule, which is 80-20. So we would have 80% add value content and 20% about lead generation or sales or whatever the case may be. Then we can look at the team and what your team actually provides for any, any part of your business. So let's look at, okay, well, if we have she, for instance, what can she provide to the team? She comes from an array of a background. She does X amount of work for us. That's the kind of stuff that we'd like to provide really more so. Then we can look at the last stage of the funnel then, which is about putting sales, putting in that we are doing a flash sale, for instance. We're doing, we we'll say, a Pacific um, campaign around, we we'll say, a charity if we're partnering with a charity, that kind of thing. That's where I kind of feel that that's the type of content you need to be getting out there behind the scenes of if you have a product being launched, the behind the scenes of that product. If you're doing a Q&A, that's where you can start introducing your live video as well on top of that. Something that we've never done. I know, Joanne, you do an awful lot of it. And to be honest, I know from our perspective, and we've seen the insights on and on, on LinkedIn's perspective, the engagement rate from just a live video, because yeah. you're starting to rank higher in terms of a news feed, that's what's going to get you more results. You need to start breaking the boundaries more so. We can't get complacent in terms of social media. We can't just say, okay, all I'm doing is this amount of posts a month, and that's all we're doing. I'm only going to do graphics, and we're not going to be putting up anything about our staff. Well, then that's not social media. Social is about all about being about social. We need to engage with our followers. We need to get people the call to actions at the end of our posts. What do you think, or how do you feel, or anything about comment if you feel this is actually um, valuable to you. That's the kind of things that will people engage with. The more of a loyal base following that you will get, the better. One thing probably what we what companies are forgetting about is group pages. I think. Um, in terms of Facebook group pages probably one thing because they're building actually a loyal uh, customer follow on that and I think for anyone who's looking for insights or if you're an agency now or even if you're a marketing professional that wants to get into the agency type I think start trying to build an email list number one because I know for a fact in terms of iOS 14 which has came out earlier on this year it has put a huge problem in terms of uh, our uh, advertising results and the cost per result has unfortunately gone up in some cases up to 300 percent so From that perspective, yes. I think what I've also learned as well um, this year as well is I had a call during the week with a home care provider um, here in Ireland. There about 32 nationwide um, agencies and they're doing, they have the exact same content for each franchise that goes out at the exact same time all the time. And they're not getting any results, not one result. And the only thing that they're doing in the back end then is just lead generation, just lead generation, lead generation. But again, if you're just doing lead generation at the bottom of the marketer funnel, you are not going to get any results at the top of the funnel. And that is the case. And we, cannot, we can't be using social media as a, as a way of just getting your, your tangible results at the bottom of the funnel. We have to be social, we have to be engaging, we have to provide value. And I think the more I say it, the more I'm like, am I getting dry in the mouth saying this? But companies are still getting it. I'm not gonna say they're getting it wrong, but they just need improvements. Let's put it that way in terms of that. I think for me, if I can get an improvement of 10% in the first three months, that's 10% more than where they were at, which is 72 days ago. I think we're from our side, and I know I've kind of gone way off the beaten track in terms of this original question, but that's kind of where I feel for us in terms of organic social media, just be social, be engaging, add value, and do not be salesy constantly because that is not going to work. I'm going to finish I'm on so that. Glad so that is, I'm
1: so glad that you went on that rant because I was yeah, nodding, nodding profusely at you because um, it's called social media, as you said repeatedly. It's not called sales media. And when you go out to sell, even as a public sector agency, you're not selling a product or a service. You're selling your reputation, or you know, somebody to take the vaccine, or to register to vote, or you know, to attend a free information session. If you're just cold and not having that conversation, and then you go straight in for the ask, people are going to reject you. It's actually repelling content. And um, so I. Totally welcome that rant on that. Let's move from social to web. And, you know, we've got Google Data Studio, we have Analytics, we have Google My Business now. I mean, the Goliath that is Google seems to just be getting bigger and it really scares people. Where do you start?
2: I think the biggest thing is that to get verified definitely first as a business or an agency uh, first on Google My Business, definitely. I think the the second thing to that then is to, if you have your website complete and it's fully redesigned and it's developed, I would get a Google index on your website straight away. Um, So that would be my, the first thing. Uh, The second thing to that then is getting your Google search console set up uh, account so that you're getting notified as to what's working for your website and what's not working. And I think that's then stats is going to be your first data of, Okay, we're ranking quite high in this keyword, but I want to be ranking on another keyword. So that's where your SEO comes into things. Um, thirdly, then is your Google Tag Manager. And I, I everything is just Google this, Google that, Google that. And it, people can get just go, can can they just have one dashboard? And I think to be honest, what we're going to be talking about after is that yes, there is a potential of a, of, of a one dashboard. But yes, what I would say to you is then you can look at the Google Tag Manager and start tracking. If you are able to track some cases, is is that some the agencies in the public sector, yes, don't like having third-party apps. But I think from our side, imagine that if you were targeting spending 3,000 euros a day, for instance, targeting a demographic that's in the west of Ireland that you wanted to get survey results on a survey and you're an agency that, that wants to get these survey results. And if you can't retarget those people who have been on your website and maybe not fully committed into the um, the survey, then you're losing a considerable amount of, of a following. And then also you're losing a considerable amount of money as well, because you're just constantly targeting the same same demographic. So your Google Tag Manager then you can install all your pixels then via the Google Tag Manager. And it's a nice dashboard as well because you can actually see how everything is connected, if there's issues, if there's a problem with connectivity, whatever the case may be, is that's what I would say. The thing with Google the thing, the thing with Google is is that as much as is the I feel like the user experience is very easy. You can get very lost in terms of What platform do I need to go on to again? Because for us, sometimes we actually have to go into Google Developing Cloud as well on top of that to make sure that the pixels are firing, that the iOS 14 has been set up as well on top of that. So from from us, it's just as advanced in terms of how you can get completely caught up in different platforms and everything like that. So yes, Google, what I would say to you is Google my business first, then Google index, then we'd say Google. I forget the last one. Apologies on my behalf. Uh, the last one, then. So Google My Business, Google search, and the Google Tag Manager will be the key ones to have on your website. Once you're verified, there's a verification process, and absolutely everything. Google My Business can take up to five to twenty days. You can get a postcard out to your um, to your business. Once you add in the, the code, um, then you can actually start getting reviews. You can start adding uh, actual offers onto your Google My Business. And it's something that people aren't doing. People aren't even verified, and they don't even know that they actually had one, and they could have 100, 200 reviews and they don't even know about it. They're the key things that I would be saying you're completely losing it. You could be spending 400 dollars a month on advertising on Instagram and Facebook, but if you're not verified on your Google My Business, people won't be seeing it. If you don't have a menu, if you're a restaurant, local restaurant in the local area, and you don't have um, a menu on your Google My Business, well, then you're losing customers straight away because that's the first thing that they're looking for. They're the key things that you will be saying. As long as your website is indexed, as long as your website is, is actually optimized correctly for mobile and desktop, then you would start ranking high, um, very high actually in some of the keywords. That's where your SEO, on an ongoing basis, as you as you know yourself, SEO can be good some weeks, it could be very poor another weeks. There's black hat, white hat SEO. There's a considerable amount of metrics that you can be looking at as well. But yes, for for my side, what I feel is the best for us is Google My Business, Google Index, Google Search Console, and then Google Tag Manager for us really more. So will be the, the 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 protocol for us.
1: So there's so many things to measure. Uh, there are multiple de- data points. We have to go into multiple dashboards, and then we have to kind of cobble it together in some way and interpret it and then make uh, actionable decisions. But what are your favorite tools and software? I'm absolutely convinced that for every digital marketing problem in the world, there's a piece of software, an app or a tool that can take away that problem or that frustration and make it simpler for us because that is the power of artificial intelligence and machine learning. So what do you use?
2: Yeah. And I think, uh, to be honest, I think, I think you, uh, you know, um, really more so as to what what we actually use here. Um, but, I remember back in 2017 i was literally just starting off um i was actually in college doing digital marketing in at loan institute or should i say sorry technological university of the shannon which is now what it's called um and i was working in the agency in Mullingar, and i always found that what we were doing we used to do weekly reports and we used to do monthly reports so the weekly reports just give an overview monthly reports were a full index of a report i found that we were just having about 15 20 tabs open in front of us for one business. It's like you'd have, you'd have your Google site, you have your social media site, you have your absolutely every tab opened up. And you were trying to go through all this. And I was just like, this is just too much. I was like, there, there's too much in it for us. And we're just screenshotting all this information. Surely there's a platform out there. Then in 2019, we went to Dublin, and I went to a different marketing agency and I it was more of a higher end of higher scale businesses that we were working with at the time. And again, it was the same thing. We were doing reports on, on uh, Google Slides at that time. And it was the exact same process. And i found that there was no transparency between the agency here for us and what we want to call a client but i don't like using the word client so what we use here is partner businesses because we feel we're actually partnering with the business when we're doing their marketing for for me then i actually had to do some research i was like surely there's a platform out there and thankfully i found um a Danish company um that had the exact same we'll say um thoughts process that i actually had as well and we actually developed a thing called Smartware. Um, And Smartware is our own platform. We're the only one in Ireland actually having something similar to this. And this software is a full user interface that will connect all your analytics from Google, from social, from all your different social platforms, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. Um, We are having TikTok added as well on top of that. And we're also looking at, in the next two weeks actually, to have uh, Google My Business added as well. Um, why did we do this? Because we feel that we want to be as transparent as possible to each business that we work with. I think the biggest thing is that this software, you log in at any time and it will generate all the real time results right in front of you as you actually are talking. I'll send over some screenshots to you um, so you can actually have an idea of what it is. The biggest thing as well is that how can we bring this to the next level? So that's when we like started looking at okay, how can we generate web leads, B2B business leads? So. That's where we generated um, a lovely, gorgeous, JavaScript code that we can run in the background of your website that will generate information as to who is actually accessing your website from a cold calling perspective and also a lead generation perspective as well. And that's fully automated into your inbox and your Google Excel sheet as well. That will have the full list of all the businesses that are going onto your website as well. Um, second to that then as well, on top of that, if you're running an email campaign via, we'll say Active campaign um hubspot mailchimp it's all connected and you get a a visual of what's working and what's not working um on this i think the biggest thing for us and i think on my side is that yes you can get overwhelmed you can get so bogged down into just your google analytics and that's not even looking at your social media what we generated was a software to actually connect absolutely everything together. As an online platform for reporting, for generating reports, we can actually schedule the reports as well on a weekly, monthly perspective that would automatically just go to the partner business that we work with and all the information would be on it there for them. I think to be honest, from, from your side, Joanne, you've actually noticed this as well. On top of that, you've seen it. It's a really nice layout. Um, I think it's very easy to go from one, literally from one platform to the next generates the results you can change your date range straight away everything's in real time we're constantly upload upgrading it as much as we possibly can as well on top of that and i think that's why for me when any of the businesses that we work with not one person has ever came back to me going how much did you spend last week because all they do now is just go on to the the software they can see exactly what we're doing what results it's generating so what i've always found working in agencies is that there was always that just gray area between the agency and the business that they didn't know what was kind of going on. Whereas for us on our side, you know exactly what we're doing literally from straight. You can actually see when the ads are actually going live, you can see it on the software. And that's why, to be honest, we developed it. We're the only one in Ireland right now with this. Um, and to be honest, we, it's like you put a loaded marketing agency owners together and you get this smart, smart work. And thankfully it has been a great success for us, to be honest. Um, I think, that's why we've never actually lost a business that we worked with here in Philomedia. And why? Because we just want to build that, we'll say, psychology of, well, then Philomedia are looking after this. I can see exactly what they're doing. They can log in at any time. They can go onto our website and click into it straight away. That's the big thing for us really more so is, is, is our smartware. And I think for you, you would probably agree with me on that behalf um, on, because you've seen it that even during the campaign, you could see exactly what we're doing. It's very easy to read it gives you graphs, it gives you pie charts, everything. Everything is interchangeable. You can make it the way you want. Now there's going to be dashboards coming as well on top of that so you can integrate all your social platforms in one dashboard, in one long dashboard straight away. Would you agree that it it's somewhat, we'll say, applicable for a business owner, that a busy business owner that just doesn't have the time to have 15 tabs opened? I think the smartware the smart actually helps you out in that instance.
1: For sure. And actually, you know, we started this conversation by me asking you um, why aren't marketing pros leaning into the data? And you said overwhelmed by the extent of it and not having enough time. And we're kind of coming to the end of the conversation. And there is actually a solution. And I've used Smartware, you know, you introduced me to it two months ago. Um, And it is a game changer. And people need to start putting their money where their time is being overly spent. You know, marketing professionals need to be using their time for strategy, for making decisions, for content planning, um, and not for spending hours and days looking at data. That's what the technology is for. And the technology can do the hard work, and then we can interpret it and make better decisions. Um, and so, you know, I totally agree that um, it's, it's off its time, but it's definitely going to solve a lot of problems for marketers and take away a lot of pain. And I think it'll give them back their confidence because I think people lose a lot of confidence in digital marketing when they feel that they can't read the data or they're overwhelmed by it. Um, I think
2: they definitely I think they definitely lost it after iOS 14 as well um, yeah. because there was a lot of questions around, oh, can I do this? Are we able to run 10 campaigns in one single day? No, you're not allowed now anymore, but there's a lot of things that... A lot of people, and especially marketing professionals, definitely did lose. I lost confidence. I was like, I don't like using uh, business manager anymore. I don't like using ad accounts because, number one, I'm not getting the return, that I used to be getting my question in my job. That was the kind of thing that we going through. And then obviously COVID didn't help because you weren't being able to put yourself in front of the business owner and discuss some of the key KPIs that you wanted to discuss at the single time. But we had to work around that. And I think a lot of people just forgot about the, the fundamentals as to why you're working in marketing. I think that's probably the big thing. We want to actually generate results. How do we generate results? Well, number one, you don't want to get overwhelmed with data. And that's where we generate a smart for that instance, so that we can actually make decisions on data in real time using just one login. So we only have one tab open. We can see absolutely everything in that. I think the second thing thing to that as well on top of that is for, for you and for any business owner out there, or even if you're a marketing professional, you don't want to get to a point where you're just constantly doing the exact same thing every single day because that's not going to generate results for you either. So when TikTok started to announce, like we were at their TikTok world event there two weeks ago, the first thing that they said to us, we're not getting complacent. And that's the exact thing that marketers cannot do either, is get complacent. Third thing to that then as well, is that when we want to get results, last thing that you want to be doing is seeing fundamentally data on 16, 17 tabs, that makes no sense that will only literally confuse you more. Next thing you know, you're getting complacent. And I think what you don't want, really, and even for yourself, Joanne, is that you want to actually start testing your audiences because you'll only get forget about or forgotten about really more so. And even if you're in public sector, people won't start using your services just because of the fact that you're not generating the value. And this all revolves around the organic value, organic content that we were on about previously. Before that's kind of from our side is is that we just don't, we can't get to that situation really more so. Um, after that you know
1: Jason it's been amazing there's been so much value from beginning to end and the one thing that I loved about the conversation is that it didn't feel that you were getting too technical I think you've kind of been able to align the why with the what and then adding in the how so um, where can people find you I'll give you a backlink on the blog post associated with the podcast so give yourselves a shout out
2: yeah so if you want to have a look at us, I think to be honest what i on a, on a daily perspective on our social media we want to give as much value as we possibly can i don't think we've ever actually given one bit of call to action content on our social media i think for us we want to just offer as much valuable content so over on our social media we're at philomedia.ie is, is mainly our, our handles um our website is at uh, as well um check us out if you have any questions on absolutely anything And i think you'll probably go away from this call going Yeah, but we are also using Twitter ads. You've never mentioned Twitter. It's the exact same process. It's another tab that's opened up in your desktop. How do we actually filter through looking at that data as well? The campaign managers doesn't change. I think for for any of us really more so is how do we actually use the data effectively? So if you have any questions, get in contact with me. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Don't use it as much as I probably should because we're completely caught up here at the moment. But um, I'm also on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, even in terms of the smartware as well on top of that, we also have any 30-day trials as well for you to check out to see how it works. Please get in contact. We've connected it all up for you um, and see how, how see how you like it really more so after that. Um, and uh, Joanne, thank you. And to the public marketing sector, Joe, and to everyone. And I hope you all have a good day.
1: Jason, thanks a million. And I just want to say before we go, Jason and Shifra um, work with us. And I love the way he said earlier that we they don't view their clients as clients or customers. They're business partners. And I have to say, you and Schieffer were very much part of our team. And I really appreciated how you embedded yourselves and you you were as invested as, as much as I was invested. And I, I think your whole ethos around transparency also sits very well with me. So um, that's just a testimonial for Philomedia. Philip so thank take you. Jason up this offer, have a look at smart, Smartware um, and do if you want to have a chat about ads, he's the guy to talk to. So Jason, thank you. And I'll talk to you again soon.
0: Level up your social media skills by taking our diploma in social media,
1: plus gain an industry qualification. Use the code SOCIALMEDIA20 for a 20% discount.
0: Visit publicsectormarketingpros.com
1: If you need some help to spark that social media creativity, why not consider joining our new social media boot camp? five live sessions covering Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram and TikTok. I'll take you through the top trends and tactics that are working right now to maximise organic reach, and I'll show you the how-to. So These are five very practical workshops happening over three hours, and you'll get a mini social media plan for each social network, along with the replay and along with other resources. So go ahead over to our website, publicsectormarketingpros.com, and have a look. As always, I have a great resource for you at the end of this show So go ahead and pick up your copy of Public Sector Digital Marketing at publicsectormarketingpros.com forward slash digital marketing. It's a great e-book, tells you how you can replace the old with the new skills and also how to progress your career. A little reminder also that we have the on-demand Public Sector Digital Marketing Summit ticket now available. So if you missed our two-day summit, About a month ago, you can now watch back all of the episodes, all of the sessions and all of the workshops. Lots of inspiring information and lots of practical how-to digital marketing and social media workshops. If you haven't already, please share the show with a pro that you know. And as always, I'd love you to rate and review on our YouTube channel and to give us a subscription on your favourite podcast platform. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you on the next show.
0: Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Public Sector Marketing Show. This episode has ended, but your digital journey can continue. Head over to publicsectormarketingpros.com to access resources and links mentioned in today's show and to connect with Joanne and her team. Until the next time, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform.